The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2091. Following up on yesterday's episode about the Mandalorian, I thought today we would talk about probable storylines that we're going to see pursued in season 2 of The Mandalorian. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So Mandalorian Season 2, yeah, there are probably a couple of very <laughs> obvious storylines that will be pursued and, you know, a few not so obvious ones. I thought we would talk about what we're likely to see in Season 2 and we'll jump between some of the more and less obvious options. The first one that occurred to me to mention, which is probably one of the not-so-obvious ones, is related to the Bounty Hunters Guild. So we know at the end of Season 1, the Bounty Hunters Guild was essentially in disarray for all intents and purposes, and Grief Cargo was going to have to reform the Guild. We found out that after the Imperials arrived on Navarro and stormed the planet and stormed the Mandalorian Covert, that the Bounty Hunters Guild basically melted away. That was the way that Grief Karga put it. But he's ready to get started again. And of course, the Mandalorian is going to have the pick of the bounties. And potentially Cara Dune will be involved in this as well. Her fate is yeah, still a little bit unknown in that regard. We don't know which way she's going to go. But it kind of makes sense that she might consider pursuing that. Especially since she was doing mercenary work after her departure from the New Republic. But that actually leads me to another storyline that I think might end up coming back around in Season 2, and that is Cara Dune's checkered past. We know that she was a rebel shock trooper, and we know that she's known to the Empire for being in that role. We also know that she left the New Republic and became a mercenary, and in the episode where she first meets the Mandalorian, she initially thinks that he is there to collect a bounty on her. So we know that there's a bounty on her head, which is something that maybe Grief Karga would be able to address. But I'm sure that Grief Karga's guild is not the only guild of bounty hunters out there or organization of bounty hunters. And so, you know, something relating to the bounty on her head and why it was put on there in the first place could well be enough to you know, take care of a whole episode of The Mandalorian at the very least, give us that backstory. And speaking of the Rebellion slash New Republic, I think it's likely that we're going to see some sort of New Republic representation in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Obviously, it wasn't there in Season 1, and that's sort of the whole philosophy of the show, that they're in the Outer Rim and the New Republic isn't there yet. In fact, The Mandalorian refers to the New Republic as a joke for all intents and purposes in Season 1. But as The Mandalorian is going to have to start you know, getting out into the wider galaxy, I have the sense that the New Republic is going to appear in some form or fashion in the upcoming season. 
And speaking of that, there's something from the date perspective that jumped out at me. So The Mandalorian takes place, you know, season one takes place specifically in 9 ABY. That's five years after the Battle of Endor. So just for fun, if we consider the possibility that season two would take place in 10 ABY, and this is just me saying it, I haven't seen it suggested anywhere, hinted, rumored, whatever you might want to throw at that. If we considered that season two might take place in 10 ABY, I looked at Wikipedia and there's not a lot going on in Star Wars history in either of those years, but there is a notable death in 10 ABY and it's the death of Shara Bay, who happens to be the mother of Poe Dameron. And Poe Dameron himself would be eight years old in 10 ABY, so we would see potentially a young Poe Dameron and perhaps his dad, Kess Dameron, as well. Yeah, that's something that could be seen because we know that Shara's death takes place in 10 ABY. But beyond that, who knows? That's just something fun to consider as a possibility. There's two particular storylines, though, that, you know, we haven't talked about that are patently obvious. One of them is the Mandalorian going on the search for Jedi to whom he can entrust the child with. And, you know, I was looking at you know, the timeline stuff, like I just mentioned to you, there's no indication of what Luke Skywalker was doing at that time, which presumes that he was on the search for Jedi and Sith information. It's too soon for him to be on the hunt for Exegol and Pasana, and it's, uh, let's see, six years before he agrees to train Ben Solo. So, yeah, where he is, who knows at this point. The idea of a younger Luke Skywalker appearing in The Mandalorian sounds crazy, but, you know, we have to open up the door to the possibility because who else could the Mandalorian deliver the child to? I mean, there's no other Jedi around, so that would be the only option. And then, of course, there's the question of Moff Gideon. So there are two particular things that are worth pursuing about Moff Gideon. First of all, how he came to be the person in control of this particular empire remnant and how big this remnant is. Like, how much influence and power does he have? How far does it extend around Navarro? Like, is it a whole parsec, <laughs> right? Um, that sort of thing. Like, what is his background? What is his deal? And more importantly, one other thing which opens up a whole can of worms. Before I get to that, I do just want to say, hey, if you enjoy the show, I hope you will rate it on your favorite podcast app of choice or give it some thumbs ups and, you know, thumbs ups. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Checking the grammar on that. Uh, and, you know, any type of love you can get it on any particular platform where you might be enjoying it, I would greatly appreciate it. And it helps get the word out about the show to more and more people, which is never a bad thing. Who doesn't want a daily dose of Star Wars joy, right? So the other thing is that Darksaber business, okay? So the Darksaber, the last time we saw it in terms of Star Wars continuity was in 2 ABY, and that was during Star Wars Rebels, the cartoon series, and it was in the hands of Bo-Katan, who was a Mandalorian. 
And that's it. And so now here we are seven years later and the Darksaber is in the hands of Moff Gideon. So something had to happen where the Darksaber is no longer owned by Bo-Katan and that means that something bad went down with the Empire on Mandalore, which, you know, tends to happen. But let's throw this particular thing out there. I can't imagine a world where Dave Filoni has Bo-Katan die off screen. So that, to me, you know, my thinking would be that Bo-Katan has to still be alive in 9-10-A-B-Y. And the fact that she does not have the Darksaber and the fact that we have Mandalorians running around seems to suggest to me that we might be going to Mandalore at some time during Season 2 of The Mandalorian. And considering that we are going to learn more about Mandalore with the Siege of Mandalore storyline in Clone Wars Season 7, yeah, it seems like it could be, you know, Mandalore <laughs> happiness all the time carrying through. And it's Dave Filoni involved with this thing, so that wouldn't surprise me either. Now, just for fun, I went looking through the Twitter feed of Katie Sackoff, who does the voice of Bo-Katan in Star Wars, and will be doing it in the Clone Wars Season 7 again. She is also probably best known as Starbuck in the rebooted Battlestar Galactica. I don't see anything in her Twitter timeline that suggests that she was involved with Mandalorian Season 2, but I also don't see... Uh, let's put it this way. I don't see things in there that would preclude it from being possible. So you know, the whole thing about what we talked about last week with Rosario Dawson being cast as Ahsoka Tano, you know, that's a big name to be sure. And Bo-Katan for a character is comparatively lesser known than Ahsoka Tano. And I would dare say that they could get away with casting somebody who is, you know, slightly less known compared to Rosario Dawson, maybe more than slightly. I, you know, don't mean to <laughs> cause any offense at all in that regard, but it seems within the realm of possibility that Katie Sackhoff could be cast as Bo-Katan for Mandalorian Season 2. That's just my take on it, but would love to hear what you think about that. So by all means, drop me a comment wherever you happen to catch the show, if there is a comments place for it, or at home base for the show at SW7X7.com. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you wherever in the world you may be podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.